You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Well, welcome everybody on live stream and a little bit of group of our staff and volunteers here this morning. Uh, We are so grateful uh, that you are joining us in heart and in spirit uh, from your device that we are greatly blessed with. I mean, this is, as Brent said in his prayer, uh, it is an awesome blessing and privilege to be able to be uh, welcomed in your homes and where, wherever you are, whether it's a Starbucks or a Panera or wherever you are, maybe you're at your workplace. And so we just want to welcome you. I, I must admit, this is really, really strange teaching to an empty sanctuary. I miss you all. <laughs> so um, we're going to press the pause button from our normal teaching plans uh, this Sunday, obviously, to address from the heart of what's going on. And uh, it, we just want to be real. We just want to be real. And so um, before we get into the message for today, since it is really kind of weird and we usually don't do this, um, we just want to direct you to our new phone app. And there, there should be a slide on your TV. It's the Church Center phone app. Obviously, the church and the ministry, you're going to hear our hearts in just a moment, we want to continue in our generosity and advancing the kingdom of God. And right now, we're going to use and maximize technology to the best of our ability. So that's Facebook and email and our website, myelevationcc.org. And then that phone app that you see on the screen, uh, that will lead you to our upcoming events. It will lead you to groups and it will lead you to give. Uh, you're going to hear us, the, the heart uh, of the church, when things are not going well, is generosity. And so we encourage you to give online, either through our website or through our phone app. And after this live stream, something very special, our eKids director, uh, Michael Miller, has recorded a video of the teaching uh, for today's lesson in eKids. So be sure right around 11 to 11.15, uh, it will be available on uh, YouTube on the channel that you're watching this video on. So that's exciting. So thank you, Michael, for doing that. Again, this is uh, kind of unprecedented, isn't it? And so I think that uh, personally, uh, I'm not mistaken by saying that all of you watching, all of you watching right now, understands that there is a lot of unrest all over the world. Would you agree? Yeah, those of you here, would you agree? Absolutely. As you likely are aware of, um, the coronavirus is a real sickness, is a real virus, and it is spreading. Uh, The stock markets have been dropping, or the stock market has been dropping, shall I say. People are panicking, have you noticed? Uh, Professional sporting events, conferences, concerts, and churches are canceling. Schools shutting down for at least three weeks. Our students are jumping up and down right now. Travel bans are appearing. 
Grocery stores are out of toilet paper. It just is what it is. The shelves are being cleared. Stores are rescheduling their hours in order to restock shelves. So what should we do? What should we do? That's a great question, and I think all of us need to answer that for our families and for ourselves. But I want us to be aware of two extremes. We live in a world of extremes. And so the two extremes that we're seeing, that we tend to drift towards one or the other, is this. The first one is, let's just say, underreacting. We don't really care. This is going to pass. We make fun of others who are taking it seriously. We put really, really cynical uh, posts on social media. We just don't care, and we don't think it's going to be of anything. That's underreacting. Then the other extreme is the overreacting, literally driving, uh, standing in, in line in the cashier line in stores for two and a half hours for groceries, stocking up for three months. Um, That's extreme as well. That's overacting. And so what we want to do is I believe that the church is called to be different. I really believe that. And I believe that I am uh, supported by the word of God and I'm supported by the ministry of Jesus in saying that. I believe that it's times like this. And depending on your age, you're able to look back to different crises and national emergencies and see that the panic and the reaction was really the same and how God brought us through every bit of it. Some of you who have not been through anything since 9-11 or past that really don't know how to respond and how to react. And so we have all different backgrounds, all different ways of processing. But I believe that it's times like this that truly show us and show others what we believe, what we trust in, and what we hope in. It's times like these that we begin to really see in our own lives what we trust in, what we believe in, and what we hope in. In. And I'm so grateful that the White House understood that, that they called today a national day of prayer. Best move they did yet is because when our nation begins to seek God in prayer, that's when change happens. And the change starts within us. And God wants to draw us closer in trust belief, and hope through prayer. We all need it. That's what aligns our hearts to God. That's what will keep us anchored in the storms of any virus, in the storms of any chaos, in the storms of any emergency. It's prayer that anchors the soul to heaven. In a little bit, we're going to take advantage of the National Day of Prayer. And on live stream, all over, wherever you are, whether you're watching live or you're watching tonight or days later, you can join us in prayer. We will take some time during worship to have some things on the screen for us to pray through together. There is power in prayer, and there's power in prayer through the name of Jesus. So we just finished 
the series on James, five weeks of James. If you understand what we covered, if you were here or you saw online, you can see how God's divine timing is incredible. It's because the book of James addresses everything that we are going through today, everything. And I'd like to just put up this slide on the screen. This is from last week when we closed out the series. We looked at the five takeaways of the book of James. Read down these and ask yourself, is this not applicable to you today? Number one, where is your perspective when it comes to trials, heartache, and suffering? Hello, trials, heartaches, suffering. Do you think that we're not in that time now? And it says, rejoice and find joy. So let's just stop there. Are you finding joy right now in light and in the midst of everything going on around us? Because we can have joy because of who Christ is. And we can also have joy because honestly, I believe with all my heart that it's the valleys, it's the darkness, it's the pestilence, it's the trials, it's the adversities that make us stronger. And I believe also where God wants to move in great and mighty ways in our nation and in our world. You don't understand the contents in a tea bag until you place it in very hot, steaming water. It does nothing with cold water when things are lukewarm and comfortable. But when it's steaming hot and you don't want to touch it, it's that hot. You put it and place it in the steam, steamed water and you start to see the contents in that tea bag. And I believe that as Christians, we are being placed in hot water. And let me ask us, let me ask you, I'm asking myself, what is going to be coming out of us when we're placed in that steaming hot situations. Where is your faith in Jesus? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Where can you grow in speaking truth and showing love? Right now, the response from the world is not love. It's panic. Number four, is there relational strife in your life that needs mended? Because where there's relational strife, there is division. Where there is division, there is stress, drama, Anxiety, worry, and fear. And five, what do you need to pray about or be prayed for? And we're going to take time to pray later today, this morning. So for today's message, I want to speak from what I believe the Lord is actually speaking through all the pastors and church leaders across this country today. I really believe that we are starting to see a unity And a common message come through the heart of God, the leaders and the pastors and the churches in our nation. And so I believe that this message is going to be uh, reciprocated around. So depending on what pastor you listen to, I do believe we're going to hear around the same message. And we titled the message today called, Not Afraid. Can you just, in the comfort of your homes, can you just say those two words? Kids, can you make your parents say them? Ready, go. Not afraid. Can you do it one more time? Not afraid. Yeah. We're really encouraged 
and challenged in the Bible to not be afraid. As Christians, we are called to be different. We are called to be different. We are called not to conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. We are called to be different. Hear me out on this. The lens, and we've been talking about the kingdom of God, but the lens that we look through as Christians, as followers of Christ, the lens that we look through is different than the lens of the world. Would you agree? The voice of reason and the source of hope that we have as Jesus followers looks different than the world. Would you agree? Thirdly, the filter that forms our decisions and our responses should look different than those in the world. If that's the case, are we seeing that difference today? I believe we are, but I don't believe we are as much as we're going to when the church wakes up and rises up out of the ashes, out of panic, out of fear, and starts to be the church. And so what I'd like to do is since we are not of this world, we are not to be conformed to this world, and the Bible says we're not to live like those who have no hope. So I want to focus today on the three differences that we have as followers of Christ than the world. Three ways we are not like the world. The first one is we live by faith, not fear. We're hearing that, we're seeing that all over the place, but do you really believe that? Have you experienced that yet? We live by faith, faith, not by fear. Let's look at several scriptures, and the slide's gonna be on there. You can search the scriptures yourself. We did not, since this is a brand brand new message, uh, we called an audible this weekend. We don't have all the scriptures on the slides. So write them down, press pause after the live stream, rewind, and go back and get those points. Jesus is comforting his disciples in John chapter 14, and he says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. He's saying, don't panic. Be calm. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. He's saying, take a deep breath and believe and hope and trust in God and trust also in me. And then he says later down, and I'm using the New Living Translation on this verse because I love it, John 14, verse 27, says, I'm leaving you with a gift. I'm leaving you, Jesus is leaving you with a gift. It's peace of mind and of heart. Who needs that today? Peace of mind and peace of heart that Jesus is giving us. And the peace I give you is, say it with me if you know this scripture, but it's not of this world. Jesus says the peace that will be given to you is not of this world. So what Jesus is saying is it's peace that goes beyond our human understanding and our human reasoning. It can't be mustered with human intellect and strength. This peace is supernatural that only Jesus offers. Have you thought about this? When the, the news came on media and, and uh, you know, the coronavirus and all these bans 
Do you really think that God was sitting there and said, whoa, whoa, wait, what? What? What, How did I not see this coming? (laughs) That is not the God that created the universe. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is all-present. And he is all-good. How can he make good out of this? Well, let's trust him. Let's rise up and let's see what kind of good God is going to bring. Do you believe that our God is faithful? Do you believe your God is faithful? Do you believe that he's in control? Do you believe he's good? Do you believe that God, your God, your father, your Abba Daddy has a plan? Do you believe he won't leave us? He won't forsake us? Do you believe that he's working in all things for good to those who love him and called according to his purposes? Because if you believe those with all of your heart, you are called to not live by fear, but to live by faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ who died for our sins, died for our sicknesses, and rose again, defeating hell and the grave. That is awesome news. So why do we fear? Why do we not fear? Why do we live in faith? Well, 2 Timothy 1.7 says it best. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. Love, love, which represents us as disciples. Jesus said, the world will know you are mine by your love. Power. This is the power that lives within us through the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Self-control, that means we're going to be wise We're going to be good stewards, and we're going to display the fruits of the Spirit. So God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. We will not live in fear. We will live by faith. That's point one. Point number two is we are sacrificial, not selfish. In times like this, and we're going to see in a moment in Acts, you can turn to Acts 2, if you'd like to get ahead of me. So when we get there, you're, you're ready to go. Acts chapter two. Don't be selfish. I'm gonna just read you Philippians, so don't, don't be confused. But Philippians two says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look only to your own interest, but instead take interest in others as well. We are sacrificial. We are not selfish. Think about that. Everything that Jesus spoke and everything that Jesus did and every component about Jesus' ministry was sacrificial. Absolutely. He flipped the tables of understanding. And he says, I have not come to be served. I've come to serve. I've come to seek and save the lost. I have not come for the the well. I've come for the sick. I've come for the lost, the sinners. That's the heart of Jesus. And in the early church, after Jesus was resurrected and ascended to heaven and the Holy Spirit came and filled the believers, the church, we saw something incredible. 
And I'm not underplaying the coronavirus. I'm not underplaying anything that we have ever gone through in our American culture. But I don't think we've ever faced what the early church faced of extreme brutality, persecution. Extreme, just for meeting in a building or meeting in a home, declaring Jesus as Lord would get you killed. And the people were running for their lives in fear. It was a fear-based culture led and driven by the Roman Empire. And what did the early first century Christians do? They did something that Jesus exemplified. And it was this. They were generous. They sacrificed everything they had. What, you don't mean that they were running to Jerusalem's mega market and stocking up and hoarding for months to come? I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong if that's you, but I would just question all of our hearts and our motivations of what we're doing and look at the disciples of what they did. We are the body of Christ, and we are supposed to put others in front of ourselves. Would you agree? Let's look at Acts 2. So you're there already, I think. Verse 44. Let's see what they did in times of crisis of times of panic and fear. All the believers were together. I guess we're together over the screen. We're going to talk about that in a minute, what that looks like for us today. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. People were Romans, were running through the streets, knocking on doors, seeing if they were believing in Christ, and if so, beheading them, burning them at the stake, taking them to the cross. And yet they still meet together and have communion together and encourage one another and worship together. And they worship through their generosity. They sacrificed everything. Generosity. Let me ask you in your home today, what if every single person who called themselves a Christian began uniting together and having everything in common. We would change this world. We would literally transform this world. Would we not? Would we not? And I believe that's the design that Jesus has for us. And I believe we're gonna see more and more of that as days come to a close where Jesus is going to come and take us back to his kingdom and restore what is broken here. But every day they continue to meet. So this is where I want to encourage you, even though we're not physically together, I want to encourage you to display your faith and your worship, not just once a week. 
This should really hit home because we're not joining a congregation this Sunday once a week to do our normal Christian gathering. This is not about once a week. This is about every day. This is about wherever you go, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that you display your faith and you are sacrificial in your worship. I believe it's times like this where the church has to be a spiritual refuge for those who are hurting. And we're prayerfully uh, looking and seeking of what that looks like for us as a church. But this is a good reminder that the church is not a building or else you'd be here. The church is people. And Hebrews 10.25 says this about people and gathering. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So let me ask you this. Where's your faith? Are you displaying your faith with sacrificial generosity? And now, meeting together, this is an incredible opportunity for our 18 to 20 small groups to start embracing one another. Pastor Daniel is encouraging all of our small group leaders to really press in and go deep into the people's lives around us. This is our time to embrace one another in smaller group settings. So the question is, when we read verse 46 about the meeting together, the question is, are we here at ECC going to publicly meet at church the next several weeks? The answer is, we don't know. We don't know, but we are going to try because that's our heart as a body of Christ to come together. I believe, again, it's times like this where the church must be a spiritual refuge for those who are hurting. So my promise to you is we, the staff and elders and the ministry leaders, are going to continue to prayerfully consider the best decisions for everyone involved for weeks to come. And we want to handle this the best way possible to come together or to gather our hearts together over a distance. We don't know what that looks like, but stay tuned to social media and our website for more information. So we live by faith, not by fear. We're going to live sacrificially and not be selfish. And the third thing we're going to do is we're gonna shine the light and not hide it. We're gonna shine the light and we will not hide it. Turn to Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16. This is Jesus speaking in a message to the people around him. Matthew chapter five, verse 14 through 16. Let's see what this looks like to be bearers of the kingdom of God's light. Jesus says this, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Why do we let our light shine? It's so that they would see Christ in us. And when Christ is glorified, the Father is glorified. And so that's really important. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. During this time, people are afraid. People are afraid. People are unsettled. Would you, not, would you, would you agree or not agree? People are afraid, they're unsettled, and they're anxious. Do they have reason to be? Somewhat. But we are called to look different than the world. What is this world looking for in times like this? They're looking for hope. They're looking and searching and pleading for hope. So what are we called to be? We are called to be hope dealers. Try thinking of a way you'd remember it. Hope dealers. You are called to be hope dealers. Yes, in the parking lots. Yeah. Dealing hope in the stores. Dealing hope in your workplace. Dealing hope around you. We are called to be hope dealers. We are called to be light shiners. And we are called to be love spewers. We are called to be hope dealers. Light shiners and love spewers is love spewing out of you because Jesus has called you because you're not supposed to live in fear, you're supposed to live in faith. And because you're supposed to be sacrificial and not selfish, you are called to shine light and to give hope and to spew out love. And now don't tune me out, but I want to just, I want to speak to your heart through my heart. I am not making light of the coronavirus at all. The coronavirus is real. It does have ability to spread and do damage. But can I be completely honest with you? Could it be, could it be that God wants our hope and our light and our love to go more viral than the coronavirus? Could it be that God is allowing viruses like this and the flu to go around for the church to wake up and start to be contagious in our love, in our hope, and in the light that we shine? I say that so seriously and so sincerely with everything I have. I believe it's time to go viral with our love, our hope, and our light. I'm actually praying for you Christians who are listening to this to be more contagious in your love and in your hope and in your light. Are you spreading hope? Are you spreading love? And are you spreading life in Christ? 
And I'm believing that this love and this hope of Jesus will spread faster than any virus through our country and through the globe. Is that your prayer? So I want to do something before I close. Is I want to speak over you. As a brother in Christ, as a shepherd of our local body at ECC, if you're joining us and you're not um, a regular attender at ECC, I want to say welcome. Thank you for joining us. But I want to speak over you truth. I want to speak a blessing over you. I want to speak identity over you. And so what I'm asking for you, and I know for, you, for those of you who have kids, kids have already tuned me out, and that's okay. And maybe you just need to pause this and watch this later to where you can have some still time. But I want to speak something over you. So if you could, just close your eyes. And I want you to tune out every voice but the Holy Spirit speaking through me in this. I want to speak this over you. You are not of this world. You have been bought by Jesus with the price of his blood and his life. His life, his resurrection life, lives in you. You do not grieve or panic like those who have no hope. You do not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You do not live by toilet paper alone, but by every word of God. You do not worry about tomorrow, because each day has enough trouble of its own. You do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth that will decay and rust but you store up treasures in heaven through your life, through your love, and through your generosity. We walk by faith and not by sight. I want to speak this over you. You are not ashamed of the name of Jesus or the power of the gospel of the good news of Jesus. It's the gospel that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And as Brent said at the end of worship, you are not to be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, presenting your request to God with thanksgiving and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Open your eyes and let me say this. We are different. We are not of this world. We are different. We are not of this world. We live by faith and not by fear. We are sacrificial and we are not selfish. And we shine the light and we do not hide it. And as the band comes up, I want to close with this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 9, and it will be on your screen. Would you read this with me? But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, wow, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Does this speak truth to your heart today? We are persecuted but not forsaken, and we are struck down but not destroyed. 
Can I challenge you? Today and this week, will you live by faith and not by fear? Will you be sacrificial and generous with everything you have and not be selfish? And will you let your light shine and not hide it? If you will, you will be joining me and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people on this planet being the church and watching God do amazing things. And so like I said in the beginning of the message, it's National Day of Prayer, and I would like for us to pray together as the band worships and leads us in worship. Please stay tuned with us. Please engage and make the most of this opportunity. The next three weeks, I want to share this real quick. The next three weeks, take advantage of the space and the rest that you're getting because of everything shut down. Don't fill it with things that don't last. Fill it with the things that store up things in heaven Fill it with consuming yourself with worship and time with others and your family. Get together in small groups or people that are close to you, personal relationships. We here at Elevation, we say it this way. We long to see real people find real hope in Jesus, connected in real personal relationships, experiencing life change, real life change. Make the most of this time, people. Please In the name of Jesus, make the most of your time. And so I'm just going to guide us through this time of prayer. You probably will see on the screen in just a moment three things to be praying over as we worship. The first thing is declare your trust and hope in God for your life, for your family, and this nation. Declare your trust and hope in God. Number two, lift up those who are being devastated by the death and the disruption of this disease. Speak truth and healing over them in the name of Jesus. And number three, pray that all followers of Jesus, all churches across the world would be hope dealers, light shiners, and love spewers. Let's pull out all the stops as we tell others that it's possible to have peace in the midst of the storm and confident hope for tomorrow claiming Jesus. Claiming Jesus and his promise that Jesus said, surely I am with you even to the ends of the earth and the ends of the age. And that came from Anne Graham the daughter of the late Billy Graham. Let's pull out all stops as we tell others that it is possible to have peace in the midst of the storm and confident hope for tomorrow, claiming Jesus' promise that surely he is with you always, even to the end of the age. Father, have your way. We worship you and we seek you in this time. In the name of and the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. 
If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.